Hello, music friends. Today, I am so excited to have my fellow author, Mary Felkins, here with me. Hi, Mary. Uh, hi there, Ashley. I tell you, it's the highlight of my day when I hear you say, hi, music friends. I feel like oh, I'm, thank you. it's so sunshiny. Just it's very much your brand. I love it. So oh, thanks. That's one who's not musical. <laughs> seeps into all the aspects of my life. <laughs> yes. Right. Well, since we're both uh, inspirational fiction authors, yeah. I'd like you to yeah. tell me a little bit how you got into writing. I got into writing very unconventionally. And I think a lot of people will expect this is the part where the author says, well, I have a degree in journalism. I have a degree in English literature, which is not my story. My degree is in nutrition. And then I got a master's degree in nutrition. Ha ha ha. So, but I was always doing some kind of writing, you know, classic story, though, writing stories as a child, but it wasn't kind of my dream. I'm finding as I'm reading letters that my parents wrote to each other, they had a great gift of writing, uh, even the way dad would express himself in email. I think you really do have a great gift. So, so maybe that's part of it, but really it was just a way to help make money. <laughs> That's kind of a hilarious uh, part of my my story in 2012. Yeah, that is different than a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's right comical. Away. But we we were just kind of having this conversation, my husband and I, about how are we going to pay a bill? And I'd had a story idea in mind, but it was just kind of a place I would go when stressed and just would kind of imagine these characters or play out the scenario I'd kind of do like I would do with Ken and Barbie when I was little and make them talk and dialogue and I, like I them in the story said, yeah <laughs> the little yeah shout out to them. exactly oh that's true yeah I remember that it's funny but I I just said to him I'll write a book and that's the worst thing to say to your husband when you're looking at how are we going to pay the water bill? Right. That's a really um, pie in the sky start. <laughs> it takes a little while to get going. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he's been very supportive of that. And I'm really grateful. So then it was just a matter and of several books deal. later, you're still going. Yeah. So. Well, just a, then just learning how to craft the novel. And the, the key was at a comp going to a conference saying, okay, I'm going to take my 200,000 word manuscript story which was ridiculous and and expect to have a lot of attention for that and it really was just a place where I learned that I don't know how to write craft the story you have this story but you you know the order that you do don't know together. what we're doing at first mm -hmm. at least mm -hmm. I it was not intuitive for me some authors oh. say that it's intuitive I had a hundred thousand words of no plot line like yeah. nothing happening yeah <laughs> and, and and this is part of the joy the process of just it's a little bit like to me throwing paint on the canvas and you're just going like that and yes. <laughs> seeing what happens <laughs> but so it was an, an very humbling to have an author read the first scene that I had at the time I couldn't even tell you how I started it probably right. when she was born you know the character for all I know that's how much I knew about that character was born <laughs> and she just said you know she affirmed that I knew how to write but just needed the to learn the craft so then so it was just a commitment to find where those sources were and of course conferences been to right. several conferences and so it's just been a journey and have an online support group through my book therapy that I, and a craft partner. That's something that I started about two years ago, met um, Patty Frampton. She's in Washington. And we just agreed, hey, let's talk. 
you know, every week. And I just carve that out, put it in my schedule that I'm going to talk to Patty and she's probably going to say, no, that won't work. Do this. And no, that won't make sense. Do this. And so, and then it makes a world of difference. That yeah. puts you out of your own head and yes. kind of bounce yes. ideas off. Yes. Yeah. And, and I'm just trying to consider, do I just then toss everything? Cause that's what she says, or I just, it gives me an opportunity to mull over it and think, well, she doesn't fully know. And I have to trust what I do know and kind of how I'm going to bring that home. But so, so that's really, it started because we needed to pay the bills is the short answer. That is wonderful. I've not <laughs> ever heard that being the reason to start writing. And, and you don't go into writing to make money. If you do, that's no, a blessing. But you it's know. nice to make money, but yes, usually it it's not. Yeah, it's not, it's not cheap. It, it's no. not cheap. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so well, cool. Well, tell us a little bit where, um, like what state you're from and then maybe what state kind of you're writing in or the setting for your most recent release for my people mm-hmm. who are viewing, you are the reason or my audio listeners, you are the reason, which That's I great. loved. I had it as a poolside read. This mm. month, so definitely. I always think of water chair. sprinkles and somebody tripping over your lawn chair and spilling their Coke zero on it. I'm like, ah, yeah. That is true. Maybe I shouldn't have admitted admitted that. But everyone at oh, my pool, okay. they're like bringing their bringing that's their. That's okay. Uh, I know what happens to my books when I'm outside, and I think, okay, you're not being nice. So this, you're sweating, and the pages are wrinkling. But uh, so I'm from, and then I feel guilty that the characters are working really hard in this book, and I'm you know sitting there enjoying my time. That's the whole point. You get to just sit back and enjoy. So. Or if you decide you don't feel like being that character, you can kind of re- remember, oh, it's just fiction. I- I'm not really being chased by a bear. But right, uh, no. Right. <laughs> so I was raised in Houston, Texas, and I will always be a Texas girl. All of my family's in Texas. Texas. And then we moved. Bruce, Bruce is my husband. We have four kids. We had two at the time in 97, have two more. So I'm a mom of four young adults. And yeah. so we moved to Hickory, North Carolina. It was with his job. IBM at the time, which I joke means I've been moved. And, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I did, I, I, with my background in nutrition, I was working some at a hospital, just very few hours consulting and diabetes treatment center. And then I started, this is the writing part of me that, that the Lord brought forward, but I didn't realize the creative part was then I created a, <laughs> nutrition program at a grocery store called to market with Mary. So it was like an hour and a half educational tour where I thought, you know, I've been talking to people and doing nutrition consulting across the desk. What would happen if we actually made the, the shopping, the grocery store where they shop the classroom and let's actually take products off the shelf and say, do you know what this really means when it says uh, wheat bread, you know, maybe the packaging is just cellophane brown and it makes it look healthy and it isn't really. So without slamming the grocery store, that was kind of an agreement I had. I would, I just needed to borrow product and take the, the clients through the aisles. That's how, that's how I spent my time. And, but I, but, but even in Houston, I was writing a 12 week weight management program called the right way. W E I G H. Ha ha ha. It was just kind of a play on that. And, um, there was another program that I was asked to write for the pregnancy care center that called great expectations. So just healthy eating 
So it was kind of like a place where I was starting to realize the roots of division between the formal education and what I feel very much, even not a call, but a mandate to do, which is to write and fiction. You know, I write inspirational devotions as well, but my, my happy place is fiction where I, I will share what I've learned recently. And that is that I see this as an opportunity to smuggle truth. Okay. So I'm borrowing a quote from C.S. Lewis. When I say this, he wrote a lot before he wrote fiction. And when he started writing fiction, a lot of people really enjoyed that and it, and it drew a wide audience. And he said that any amount of theology can be smuggled into people's minds without their knowing it, you know, under cover of romance, meaning fiction, and they, and they don't realize it. And it really struck me. I felt like that was the Lord's seal of, I didn't need more affirmation, but just this is what I'm, I'm asking you to do is give an enjoyable read, but the truth that the characters have to eventually discover right. based in scripture too is, is what we're after. And so I really would call myself a truth smuggler then if you want to just uh, kind of consider it that way. And um, it's, it's just a joy. It really is. Oh, well, that's wonderful. Yes. Well, yeah. I've really enjoyed your, your recent book. So can you tell us a little bit more about our characters uh, where we have Everly, who is a very play by the rules kind of heroine, right? Yes. And I was so excited about the um, the leading man, Gabriel, because my baby nephew is actually named oh, Gabriel. That's yes. wonderful. So well, I had to tell my sister, I was like, oh, you know, you need this book because it has Gabriel yeah. in it. So tell us a little bit about the inspiration for them. Um, my sister, Carol is a CPA. Well, I have lots of siblings, five older siblings. Carol is a CPA. So I got a lot of inspiration from her as well as my niece and they're both acknowledged in the book. So, so for example, uh, the Cantrell chancellor Cantrell that's featured in the book, that's her last name. So, and I really just saw, you know, what would happen if somebody got this really big inheritance and really the, it would be the worst, what kind of personality would not want to have an 1846 <laughs> dilapidated, you know, mansion to, to deal with. And so she's honor bound to restore it because that's what her mom wants her to do. And so then the romance piece and moms who's passed away, the conspiracy is that she she says, I really need you to hire this guy who's the best in historic restoration. And so thus is the romance. And so the question all along is, did mom really set this up before she passed away? I think she set this up. <laughs> I think this is, um, but you know, Everly, this, the story with that name, it's not a common name as a first name. It's actually a last name. There's a couple in our church, Matt and Lauren Everly. And I, I took this idea to a five-day intensive retreat back in 2017. And I was actually in a brainstorming group with Rachel Halk. And she, I, I couldn't quite figure out the first name. I said, I know it can't be Lauren because that's ridiculous. I know a Lauren. And she literally just said, how about we switch this? What if you call her Everly? And I thought, wow, you know, that that's would make sense when you consider the fact that 
it's a parent or a guardian that names the child. When you're thinking of character names, the character doesn't name themselves. They're stuck with it. And her mom was a little bit eccentric, you know, from the Woodstock era. Her name was Marigold. Yes, of course, I like she would take Everly. Yeah. And then Orion, the middle name is because of the constellations. Like the stars. Yeah. yeah. So just shoot for the stars, Everly. And so, so that was really fun to think it fit. It really fit. And so she's, her mom's just trying to, to get her to dream, stop living within this rigid uh, ledger mentality. Yeah. The mom that's very artsy and yeah. Wasn't she a painter artist? Yeah. yeah, And they had a dazzle me art studio. That's all make believe. So the, so the setting here in this series is new Orleans. Right. But she does go back to Chicago for a few Mm-hmm. Oh, she's from Chicago. Right, so. She's not going back home. No way. Right. She's just trying yeah. to leave the past buried, and the past won't won't be silent. The house won't be silent. <laughs> the house won't be silent. So yes, the house really plays one of the key roles as really a character in and of itself. So tell us a little bit more about the house. I think the house is actually inspired. Now your audio listeners won't be able to see. So I don't know if you can see that or not. There may be a yeah, that Maybe one just works. tell us what what is it? Okay, it so it's a picture of the the antebellum home. It's called the actual name is Maidwood Mansion, and it's in Napoleonville, Louisiana, right on Bayou Lafourche. And we'll put a picture of it maybe in the notes. Okay, that'd be perfect. That'd be perfect because that that kind of that fumbled that, but so beautiful. It's an inspiration. But we, my husband Bruce and I, have been there overnight several times one year anniversary, five year anniversary, 10 and 20 and haven't been back since. And I'm not sure if it still operates as a bed and breakfast, but when it was, it just, it obviously that, that old, it's got so much history. I just have a real fascination with houses. I'm very much like Serenity, the okay, kid's sister, sister who's saying so much about the house, got to save the house. And Everly at one point in the book says, what is it with you and houses? So it's a little bit like what I would think someone would say to me. And Serenity is like the foodie too, right? Yes. Yes. And and I had to create her vastly different than her sister where you're thinking they can't possibly be from the same mom and dad, but they are. So that was really just to show to the contrast to emphasize how strict and regimented Everly is that she needs to, he's not even have an Instagram account how can you what's wrong with you you know right. so but anyway the house just is just beautiful architecturally it's beautiful Henry Howard is a known historical architect and so I kind of created you know and was inspired by that as well so and um so presently it was uh, purchased in past hands in 2018 and I don't really know if the present owner is opening it up to, as a bed and breakfast or not to be honest with you so it's kind of sad okay. yeah um, anyway yeah. yeah and it's being restored when I was writing this I was in touch with the house manager um, Angela Johnson often and I thought well that is the Lord right there that this is kind of the theme of restoration and they're actually doing things to make it uh, keep it up so it's just a beautiful piece of property that's wonderful yeah. Yeah. well now let's talk a little bit about the musical inspiration for the title and you'd mentioned something about hard and soft titles that I didn't even know about but 
tell us a little bit about that kind of musical connection. So the, so the title, You Are the Reason, is what I would consider what I understand to be a soft title as opposed to Steel Rose, which is the title of a book, you know, manuscript I'm working on right now. So, so soft title gives the feeling as if you're a voyeur and you're listening in on conversation as two people are talking or one says to the other, you are the reason. And so in the book two, Sweeter With You, and then book three is going to be When You Smile For Me. So doesn't it give you the feel that you're listening to two people, lovers in the situation talking? And so that's what, what makes it soft. It's, it's a, you know, the feeling of watching the movie or, or reading the book and you get to kind of listen to what they're, how they're expressing their feelings. Yeah. So that's, so that, so the title is literally a song title. So here I have some music to contribute yes, <laughs> to your music. Yes. We'll put that the link to the song too in the yeah. notes as well. Do make sure that you that you include I play the clarinet in, in middle school and was quite good I will definitely put and, clarinet and that's all school clarinetist. <laughs> and that's use it. it to motivate all my upcoming students to like <laughs> play some clarinet <laughs> right. yes. and it's okay if you don't like that and don't want to do it forever but um but the lyrics to you are the reasons I actually saw this movie kind of a I guess more of a book trailer in my head when I was listening and there's several different artists, but this one, I think his name is Callum, C-A-L-U-M, Scott, maybe saying that wrong. And um, so there's a part of the lyrics say, I'd climb every mountain and swim every ocean just to be with you and fix what I've broken because I need you to see that you are the reason. And I thought of Everly saying, being far away in Chicago and realizing I I'm willing to do anything to, to go back and fix, well, basically she broke, well, it's a romance, so they have to break up. So there you go. And then there's another lyric where Gabe, I'm thinking of him, he says, if I could turn back the clock, I'd make sure the light defeated the dark. And he's, she is his high school crush. And he never took the time to introduce himself to her but he had a desperate crush on her. So he's thinking if I, now I think, you know, she's, she's remarried, there's no hope anymore. And now I have to work with her. So he's dealing with that unrequited love. Right. So that I just, that was the title I felt very led to use. Yes. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit as well about this concept of being a creative and we as especially writers, musicians, artists or you know dancers mm -hmm. things like that um you talk about being called to create so can you tell us a little bit more mm -hmm. kind of about that inspiration yeah I, I will tell you when you all of us have been around people that say oh I'm not you know fill in the blank I'm not creative and the the reality is we're all created in the image of God therefore as the creator we are creating <laughs> And you might be creating chaos. You might be creating spreadsheets. <laughs> you might be creating books or beautiful music. But we, by virtue of who we are, we are all creating. And the so I just felt really, really. I was actually very inspired by this book called The Artisan Soul. Let me get this name because it's a unique name. Erwin Raphael McManus. Oh, McManus. 
and beautiful. I almost get teary when I read. It's a, it's nonfiction, but it just really challenges you and makes you think, what am I doing? And so just a lot of aspects to that book, but that played into some of what is in the, the challenge that Everly and Gabe or Gabe gives to her when she's talking about this limitless God. And he's saying, well, then why are you putting, why are you not putting that to good use? But I do feel like, you know, that um, our lives are the most beautiful piece of work that, that we have to offer the world. And so what are we displaying? And, and the only qualification to be a quote, creative person is to have a soul. So I guess, unless you're dead, you know, you're still breathing. So it's, uh, we, we are all called to create and we are creating whether we want to acknowledge that or not. And that really humbled me. I, 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 um, appreciated that because no, I cannot play violin like you do. And, you know, people will look at me and say, I could never craft a novel. That's fine. And you're probably not called to create in that way, but I can't do mortgage lending the way you do. And, or again, my sister, the CPA, just an amazing brain for numbers. And I think it's beautiful how she does that. So we need all of the different, yes. yeah, but can you tell us what you are kind of hoping people take away from your book and where mm -hmm. we can find you and all of your books online? Well, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, locally, of course, there's, there's one bookstore that carries the books. And of course, Amazon is the standard answer, which is true, super easy, especially if you're a Kindle reader but the takeaway I think you know the overriding theme is is restoration and really being willing to dream too and to think about what would happen if I did this thing and I stepped out of my comfort zone you know would God catch me or not and the other thing is really who we become in hardship you know the hard things serve a purpose they do right. and like the leading lady I mean the fact that she's a widow from, uh -huh. I don't think that spoils anything because that's no, front. no, I mean, the very opening line is, you know, she, a widow would be the, the worst person ever to inherit a house that she believes is a widow maker. Why would I do this? Why would I embrace this to truly not just agree apathetically to do a thing, but to really have your heart in it and realize that I have a calling to do this. And there might be really great joy in it instead of just yes. saying I did an obedient thing so that that would be there are a lot of little messages but those really stand out to me and above like all because even recently we my family's had to go through like my grandmother passed away in January and so that I think that mm -hmm. to an old house with all the historic memories and she raised yes. 11 kids there and mm, you know goodness. we my cousins, we all you yeah. know, spent lots of time there and now are, you know, our children. Mm -hmm. so I, I really resonated with that idea of kind of your, your history and the, an mm -hmm. the ancestors in the home mm -hmm. and we Very haven't much. yet known what to do with it because, you know, there's just yes. so much, and I know you and I've talked, there's so much rich yeah. history. Fortunately right now, one <clears> of my <throat> um, uncles, my, my grandparents kind of adopted him from Puerto Rico back when he was mm. in high school. And so he yeah. and his wife, have very generously come and are living in the home right oh, now and they've been doing wonderful. a lot of the restoration and helping that makes my out. heart happy it makes my heart yes. very happy so so my father passed away in march march 17th mm -hmm. and mom had already passed away 12 years before that so it's part of the grieving process and, yeah. and and so then there was this 
my brothers were the executors for the house, right. the house, the gathering place, 54 years of my childhood, the house. Yes. Yes. And it was harder on the day that that house sold than losing dad, which was very hard because he's a wonderful man. But I thought, well, I know where he is and he's happy and they're together. <clears throat> that wrapped up lovely for them, mom and dad. However, that plays out in heaven. But the house, you know, just in, even for my kids, thinking grandpa's house and very interesting. And I do sometimes picture different facets of the room and it'll hit me. It's just part of the grieving process. And all of a sudden I'm remembering, oh, the avocado green, you know, kitchen stovetop. Well, that still worked from 1968, still worked. And I just picture they these things, well back then. things. Yes, absolutely. But this new family has that bought it. They love the outside of it and they're going to go in and understandably update it because we didn't invest a whole lot in all of that it's it's got a lot of things that joanna Gaines would love to get her hands on too and it's hard to imagine somebody else is in my house they have two dogs in my backyard it's just this weird thing and the other thing when you're talking about homes i don't think they've moved in yet i mean they paid a lot for it (laughs) they they paid generously for it and I, and so they probably can't quite afford to get in there yet. And I'm like, my house is alone. Is any, no, you know, it's just, right. that was one of our concerns too. How long would it sit alone? So we were so grateful yeah. to have my aunt yeah. uncle um, move in to, yeah, take care of that property, which really comes through in your, in your story. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hopefully right. you at least feel like a little part of that house could kind of live on in your, in your writing. I talked to another mm-hmm. author recently, a similar, um, yeah kind of situation where she felt like she could preserve very much house in my hometown through her book that's that's very much a big part of it you're right that's it's uh uh gotta gotta speak for the houses (laughs) yes yes well thank you so much for talking with me today oh sure absolutely so everyone Um, visit maryfalcons.com is that right yes that's correct maryfalcons.com and all of our social media instagram is one of my favorite but yeah yeah, wherever you you are instagram posts yeah Yeah. you know if i'm on there too much then i'm probably not doing what i should be doing which is (laughs) you should be writing yes probably some um angry abandoned imaginary characters but yeah yeah i'd love to connect with anybody Yes. Well, thank you so much. Sure. Absolutely. Thank you, Ashley. It's been fun. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.